0: Welcome to the Western North London podcast, where you can put a bow on the Emirates because we have the best rapping in town. I'm Caleb. <laughs> and I'm Tim. Did you, see, did you see the reveal today?
1: No. Oh, I this. oh, we need to pull this up. You need to see this. I've been clean. I cleaned my kegerator all day. So I've been like literally just spending my hand our time with my hands and chemicals and not paying attention to things that happened today.
0: But I, I would hope that if you're listening to this podcast, you have seen the
1: the new Emirates wrap. Oh, is it like the uh, the wrap that goes around the stadium? Yes. Like, you know, the last time I saw it had like Henri and a couple other people, I think Burkamp, like with their arms around each other.
0: They have definitely expanded and have pretty much all sides of the stadium with different things. I'm going to send you this link here in the chat. Sweet.
1: Let me pull it up.
0: So, yeah, imagine each one of these images wrapped around one chunk of the stadium on the outside.
1: Nice. Welcome, North London. Ooh, I like that. I like the flag one.
0: Yeah. And and is Cascadia Gunnar in that one? Can we find that? Yes, we are. Uh, In the, let's see if I can find the right spot. It's all of Arsenal America. Oh, it's in the kind of upper left corner. You'll see a a flag that has a bunch of tiny little icons. Oh yeah, yeah, and on the middle of the bottom row is Cascadia Gooners.
1: Oh sweet, that's awesome. By the way, this is a shout out to anyone to join Cascadia Gooners. It's well worth it. I also noticed there's a large Arsenal Sweden flag, which I'm gonna have to look into joining Arsenal Sweden. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that's actually a good idea. Anyways, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's rad. These oh, I like the uh, the the artwork of the Invincible. Yeah, I mean. Again, talking about visual on podcast, I'm sure is enthralling. Listening, to I, again, oh, yeah. I invite. I will put this link in the show notes. I invite
0: everybody to oh. check it out. Um, it, it every every one of these is epic, and I want
1: like clothing made out of all these images. Oh, yeah, I love. Oh, there's one that says opportunity and greatness. I just and like the opportunity is like the young kids walking in, and the greatness are the legends coming out. Oh, that's that is great art. Yeah, I'm. I'm. Yeah. No. Now I need. Yeah, I need prints of these. They got, they got
0: Jack Wilshere as the second guy on the greatness. I, I I love that nod to somebody who came through the Academy, like yeah. front and center. Ugh. This is great. Uh, yeah, so anyways, I'm all about that. And I really want that uh, Highbury image on some piece of clothing. Oh, yeah.
1: I love mean, that. I, I remember when I visited the stadium, I wasn't able to go inside because it turns out tickets are really expensive to go to Arsenal. And, but I was able to go outside to those that uh, outside place and take a couple pictures of myself in front of the uh the outside area mm-hmm. like that well, it's uh
0: they got it done right i' I'm very yeah. pleased I have not seen a negative word about it no
1: i mean I, I you know I would try and tear apart anything I could, but there's nothing bad about that at all. I love it
0: no, they took every opportunity to nod you to agree. a different aspect which isn't great yeah all about it so yeah thank you for sharing yeah i I, it wasn't in our show notes so i i threw you a curveball right off the bat yeah uh so drinks i'm i i was sipping strongly on my drink because it's very drinkable (laughs) oh what do you have i i have the last of my eggnog and like i have every time i have even it's so sweet i don't even taste any alcohol so i'm just like chugging away i'm like oh it's just like normal eggnog don't even think
1: about it <laughs> i mean that's the danger of eggnog is it a it'll it'll sneak up on it you it is
0: the last of the season i'm savoring the last glass with with a little whiskey in it so i
1: can't 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 you do eggnog all year round like is it like illegal to do that like it know. seems like it actually be a good summer drink because it's chilled right like yeah. you don't serve eggnog hot right no
0: i well i don't i mean you 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 have like the eggnog lattes and stuff like that so people do drink it hot
1: but like i think it'd be a lovely summer drink or like a, a late spring
0: drink you know yeah chilled. it just tastes like a, a vanilla milkshake to me i yeah so i i feel like it's uh it, it is kind of a summer thing in a way
1: i mean i guess like summer or summer cinnamon and nutmeg aren't the most summery of of, of flavors but
0: i'm a year-round cinnamon person yeah okay yeah i mean it's me too it, i put it in my coffee almost every day
1: no, oh, nice. Well, that sounds lovely. Yeah, what I, do you got? Um, I got a something. Uh, it has a cork on it, which is always Ooh, means it's good super sign. fancy and like uh, again visual on a audio medium. But it's a really cool label with like a goat's head, a wolf's head, and a crow's head, and like skulls, and you know, speaking directly to me. <laughs> and it's uh from Anchorage Brewing Company. I got it as a gift for Christmas, and it's. Anchorage Brewing Company, may the wild prevail. Which again, like this is all just speaking to me. <laughs> it is like touching my metal heart to the core. And it's a sour ale fermented in French oak with Bretomyces for 27 months, finished on pineapple and passion fruit, dry hopped with strata hops. Coming in, so you're doing your whiskey. This one's coming in at 9%. Uh huh. So there you go. We may both be slurring by the end of it <laughs> yeah it, it, and, it might catch me and i saved uh popping the cork till uh so we could hear it online because it is a audio format oh and hopefully yeah it just doesn't spray everywhere over the computer because that would be amazing let me see if i can get the uh the cork pop on here oh and let me just give it a quick sip Oh god that is tasty that is actually fantastic it's not like a, a puckery sour so it says it's a sour ale it's obviously a sour with bread my scene but it's it is not overly overly puckery you, the pineapple is there if it didn't say pineapple on the bottle I wouldn't have noticed it but uh-huh. because it says pineapple I can pick it up totally you can mm-hmm. really taste the bear on it this is fantastic one of the best beers I've had I'm gonna have to thank my friend who gave it to me nice because it it is absolutely amazing and can't i unfortunately i don't know if it's readily available because it's from anchorage so i was just thinking about alaska today oh why were you thinking about alaska uh
0: i don't know it come you know how stuff just kind of comes up randomly and you're like you start to see like oh why is it alaska keeps coming up you know um i don't know why that stuff bothers me when like i see those repetition patterns certain things. But uh, yeah, Alaska popped up a couple of times recently and I was like, I don't know that I've ever had the desire to go to Alaska except it, it, because it feels like it's, it's like a more raw version of Washington, Mm -hmm. which I I do love our state. And so I maybe it might not be so bad, but it just hasn't appealed to me because I'm like, it's just more of what I already have as far as water and trees and mountains and that sort of thing. So it's like, it's low on my list, but I don't know. It just keeps coming up. I'm like, hmm, maybe something's telling me I need to go to Alaska.
1: Uh, so I have a little bit of a biases in which my lovely fiance is born and raised in Alaska, uh-huh. Kodiak, Alaska. Uh-huh. And I've been, uh, I was lucky enough to go visit her family a couple of years back in Kodiak, Alaska, and it is amazing. And I can't recommend it enough. It is one of the most beautiful places I've ever been. It is like the Northwest, yeah, you have a lot of similarities, but it's kinda of like the Northwest on steroids. Yeah. It's like everything like you know, like at least in Kodiak, the mountains are just giant. You know, the beaches. I saw a puffin, which like made cool. my day. Uh it's funny, like I I don't know if you're a big Futurama fans, but you know how like owls in Futurama are like the uh, the pigeons yeah, of the, yeah, the yeah. future. Uh-huh bald eagles are like that in uh in alaska yeah. like, i saw probably about 700 bald eagles holy cow everywhere like they were just you, you couldn't throw a rock without hitting a bald eagle <laughs> but yeah i mean you know like i went to a cabin that was like out in the middle of the woods you know you, you were half a tank away from civilization so you had to make sure you had enough gas to get back otherwise you'd just be gone oh wow like, it was beautiful desolate wonderful and the people were amazing like i didn't have long political discussions because i think i may have some disagreements with them <laughs> but uh as far as just the kindest most generous people that i've met I, the alaskans were great so yes i would i would highly recommend it i can't wait to go back again
0: yeah i'll have to check that out uh, it, it's i feel I people i always think of it in like the cruise context but i feel mm-hmm. like i would be better off not doing that.
1: No if you ever need to feel their urge i know some people in kodiak so cool i do I,
0: i'll put it higher on my list i'll say that yeah um all right what do we got for the the timbit this week
1: uh i made a late change because as as i was watching the highlight to prepare for the uh, the podcast i remember the uh, the kits mm. that were they're wearing and yeah. i know there's controversy so i just kind of wanted to to throw that in there like well, what are you feeling about the white kits and are they the worst kits Arsenal's ever put out?
0: I appreciate the um, cause and, and and trying to draw attention to to something of meaning outside of the sport, but I don't love all white. Like, I just, I don't like, the ones I like are the ones I can see myself in. I just, I never really like white kits in general. So to go straight white without even, I mean, I get the point is to not have any color. Um so it's just not, it's not my favorite in any, in any team's jerseys.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think you have the, uh, you know, the buyability thing for me, which is I never buy anything all white because I mean, a I generally wear all black Yeah, <laughs> and I am a, that type of person, but also if I have anything white, it's just going to get dirty in 30 seconds mm-hmm. for me. And that annoys me. And then the other thing is all it reminds me of is Tottenham and right. I, I don't, I don't love that. Like you've never seen a Tottenham kit that's bright red, you know? like Ugh. you know it's a it's it's one of those things. It either reminds me of Tottenham or Leeds. Not not a not a huge fan of it. I I mean the cause is awesome, but I think there could be other ways. And I think it really does speak to someone who doesn't really understand Arsenal's history and culture designing the kit, because you know anyone who's a fan would know never to do an all white kit ever. And like
0: yeah. But they've already got like the black, the black in their jerseys,
1: uh, the black and gold. So I guess they couldn't go the other direction with that. I mean, I love the black and gold. I totally slept on it and then tried to find them to buy them and they're all sold out. But I would wear that jersey in a heartbeat. Oh, yeah.
0: But if they just did like an all black version,
1: I'd be into that. Yeah. No, Tony, it's just... For me, it's just like a a little tone deaf as far as the fandom goes. As I said, like that's nothing against the cause. I firmly believe in the cause, but like not loving, not loving the the look of it. Were there any? Have you had any worse kits? Like what? what what's your least favorite Arsenal kit? Hmm.
0: Man, I'd have to see a lineup. I, there's they've had so many, like it's gotten almost oversaturated.
1: Yeah, I mean, one of mine that sticks out is actually when they kind of added the blue highlights to the red and the white. Because I, I'm just a traditionalist, I guess, in some ways. Where like I just really like that classic look of red tunic, white sleeves type of thing. And right. When they added that like splash of blue, it just kind of felt weird to me. Yeah. Yeah, I the.
0: It's funny because the. You would think the the maroon ones would be, mm. um, you know, because they're they're just so not traditional. You would you would think that those would would be high up in a lot of people's lists of like bad ones. But I actually love, t- might love that one the most.
1: <laughs> yeah, it, are you talking about that one from uh, just after the Invincible season, the last season of Highbury Maroon? Yeah, Is the yeah. It, I, I mean, it's funny it, Go ahead because they took they chose that one because it's the most traditional color. That was like the original color of, of Arsenal. And I think there's a lot of good associations with those kits. I think those are, for me, those were like early times watching Arsenal for me. So yeah,
0: exactly. I, that is, um, right. That is pretty much when I started watching Arsenal was that, that season. So it it is like my nostalgia kit. Like I love that one. Yeah. But yeah, I think if I'm looking at, um, there's just so many alternative kits. That's the that's the crazy thing. It used to back in the day, uh back in my day. Two you know, two <laughs> yeah. open and away, and now you've got three and the occasional four and all the training. I don't it's not a bad thing. It's just very hard to <laughs> very hard to stay on top of all of the ones that we've added in the last few years. Yeah. Um, I, I'm, I'm trying to think of if any of them like are really, I, I, <laughs> I own this one and I kind of don't like it, even though I have it. Hmm. Is that mint green one we
1: had as the third kid. Oh kit. yeah, I, mean, I remember you wearing that every once in a while.
0: Yeah, I, I don't wear it much anymore. I, it's also, it's also my Aubameyang jersey, so I'm like,
1: eh, yeah, eh. <laughs> um, I'm. I would say that's the one that jumps out in recent memory. Yeah, I mean, I could tell you the ones I like. Oh, I'm I'm seeing one now, and I I'm seeing Ashley Cole, Cole wearing it, so it might be uh, judge making me judge it a little bit too. But it's like a, it was an old third kit from when he was around with the O2 logo on it, and it's uh, like a blue fade that looks like blue jeans that I'm not not in love with. Uh, oh, <laughs> I see what you're talking about.
0: Uh, I was gonna yeah. send you another one. Uh the nineteen eighty-two eighty three retro kit. I don't
1: know what. Let's see if this will show up. Uh again, talking about visual things in a uh... this is the best episode ever. <laughs> this is the uh visual episode.
0: This is when we wish we were still putting out video. <laughs> that was so successful for us. <laughs> Try that. See if you can
1: see what I Yeah. With these in the show notes as well, so that people listening on, I like that one it reminds <laughs> me of the Sounders. Yeah, it's like, what a, <laughs> of all the
0: color combinations, that one is definitely the most out, out of the box. I need to find that one, actually. 82, 83. It's not crazy old,
1: but I'm sure right. there weren't as many out there as there are these days. I imagine there is a knockoff of it somewhere. That is my saving grace. Yeah, somebody, somebody
0: will make it for you. In, in, uh, one of these uh uh
1: outsourced <laughs> shops. <laughs>
0: They'll make well, you anything.
1: Yeah. We should probably stop talking about visual medium <sighs> we now. You really should.
0: <laughs> hey, we'll we'll put the stuff in the show notes, I promise. You can th- you can follow along. Um okay, we should talk about the game that uh occurred this week. We had an FA Cup game and uh I it it had me
1: nervous for a minute. Turned out all right. I wasn't nervous. It, it really just felt like one of those FA Cup games. It's like I, I think this is a definition of a big team versus a little team FA Cup yeah. game. It is. They were, you know, able to hold Arsenal back for an hour or so. There were thirteen minutes of of Arsenal showing why they're in the first division, top of the league, and then you know the game was over after the third goal and it just kind of ground out it was i that first half was just so boring for me oh yeah i was just like so over it it was it was it was not an entertaining game Mm -mm. not not until that second
0: half for sure and then yeah it 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 wasn't even like it was that disjointed it's just like Mm -hmm. they
1: didn't know what to do with the ball in the final third well, I mean, it's always the danger when you have a, a team that doesn't regularly play with each other. They don't they don't know each other. They haven't really gotten to know each other. And you're just going to get a disjointed team. And it's just, you know, hoping, and the bet is, that the quality will win out as opposed to the cohesiveness. Yeah. And that's, you know, eventually what did happen. And, you know, Arsenal did have to put it on a bunch of their, uh, their regulars and starters towards the end of the game to really ensure that we got the win.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I felt like that. That uh, at least getting Zinchenko and and Jaka in really settled the team, added a little more stability or uh, comfort. And I think those two players just do so much to push the, f- the ball forward and um, control the pace of the game. So it, it allowed the front three to really get get comfortable, and I think took off some of the pressure that you know you're you're putting Vieira into the hot seat to kind of fill in on that, uh, Odegaard role. And if you don't put the right pieces around him, it's putting a lot on his mm-hmm. shoulders. So I think, um, they made some changes at the half and he looked more comfortable. and was able to get on the ball with a little bit more, uh, time to pick out the pass. I think that just suits him more when he has more space to work with. And, uh, so whatever changes were made at the half, definitely allowed VR to settle in and I, that he, he had a, Ultimately, a fantastic game, but it's it it had me worried in the first half. Like you know, him, Sammy Lukonga, there's um, there were some players in there that really needed to kind of come in and have a good game and um, prove why they should be in the conversation to to be with the team. And it when you don't have a lot of these games, you you kind of hope that that first half is a more of a showcase for these players to to step up and and show what they can offer and um for Vieira, I think he's, he had that kind of that stigma hanging over him that he didn't, he maybe wasn't up to the task or hadn't had a good enough preseason. So, you know, he, he may not get up to speed this, this year. Um, but I think there was some hope coming off of the world cup, uh, break that he was going to be able to pick up, uh, a, a little bit more fitness and, and come in, uh, hitting the ground running here. And, I'd say a two assist game definitely shows that he has he has something else to, to give and I am I'm, I'm pretty pretty high on this performance from him for sure.
1: Yeah, it definitely was a a really good performance from him even when it was the first half and he, we weren't necessarily converting those things. I I I was really happy with that VR performance and I, I you know, you kind of touched on it a little bit earlier which is like you can really make a case study of the differences of the conga to Vieira mm. and those two performances. And in some ways it's pretty unfair to just like judge it on one performance. And you know, when players aren't getting running games, but you really do feel like a player, like for both Vieira and the conga, this was a time to shine. This was a time to show why you should be competing for minutes. And I think Vieira really showed that he should be competing for minutes and the conga showed that, you know, maybe his time at arsenal is uh, is is coming to a close.
0: Yeah, I don't think they're going to usher him out in this window by any means, but I think come summertime unless he has some miracle run between now and the end of the season, I think he's just not not proven to be a good good fit for the team and definitely an area they could stand
1: to upgrade. I mean, I would I I wouldn't mind him going in this window to be honest. Mm. I don't know. If, like I think if the right offer comes, I think you should snap it because I just you want him to develop and like, I it's not that I don't like the players of human being and you can see him trying. I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong. I just think Lukanga isn't clicking, you Mm -hmm. know? And you know, we're also not seeing him on the regular, which means that he's probably not shining in practice as well, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. He's not really getting the substitution appearances that you would expect to see
0: from somebody who's really developing in the background.
1: Yeah, I mean, like all the substitution minutes is definitely getting sucked up by El Nenny. So, mm-hmm.
0: well, El Nenny also had a a really decent game. Uh, he every time he gets an opportunity, he he shows up. And this is he he had a well deserved goal in this one, thanks thanks to a, a really nice setup from Vieira for his first assist.
1: I, I I love that goal. It was a fun goal. I was I, when I was watching him before the show. I was I just chuckled and kind of gave a fist bump when I saw that goal because it's just like one of my favorite types of goals: cross in header just, in the box just a bullet bullet off of someone's yeah. head I love that yeah no, it was funny because I because uh, Tommy Osu really had a chance at that Oof. one too if yeah it, I, did it glance off of him or
0: he completely missed that I, I every every play I've seen it's so close
1: it's so close like I when I first saw it when I first saw it live I thought Tommy Osu actually got it and no he was scoring Tommy Osu's goal but you know the more when you watch it it's hard to say I mean it, at the end, it doesn't really matter. It's a goal, is a goal, is a goal. But uh, it's just, kind of, it is kind of funny. You had two players right in that spot that were just going to bury that ball. I swear their heads
0: were less than a foot apart. It was that yeah. close. Um, yeah, so fantastic setup from Vieira. Great goal for El Elmany to get get the team off of the um, off to the races. They they seem to just need that goal if they get an early goal in in Mm -hmm. any game they are they are sitting pretty and i i always go back to the fact that that is uh i think just the way to force other teams to have to come out of their shell a little bit because if you park your whole team behind the ball and and really force arsenal to play through you and find your way around you're you're eventually asking for trouble it is it, it seems like they are pretty good at finding either uh, a weakness down one of the flanks or they're able to outpass you or they just wear you down and I think that is a lot of it like with the amount of intensity that Arsenal play with now with the amount of pressure that they put on other teams at, at times in games it's a lot for any team to keep up with and we we're talking about a, a team at the level of Oxford to try to keep up with the a, a, a fitness level and the intensity that Arsenal brings for 90 minutes, I, it was a matter of time before they really wore them down. And I think that is uh, the real distinction between the, the, these different levels of these different tiers of teams is that the fitness and athleticism that you're going to have from a top level Premier League team is way, way above what what Oxford's going to be able to do for, for a full game.
1: Yeah, I mean, exactly. It is, essentially, it was the same plan that uh, you know Newcastle was tra- did against us was what our Oxford was trying against us, so you know, very defensive, very hold hold back you know the the team. And you see the difference between an Oxford and a Newcastle. you know you you see the difference from you know three three leagues was it between Oxford and Arsenal? I think that's right, and uh, it, it it really does come down to a little bit of fitness and that just a little bit of talent when you do see a good giant killing, what generally happens is that uh, there's just kind of a fluke that happens, but it, it really is, you know, the level of determination that the team has and the level of fitness. And if you can, as a lower league team, if you can combine those and, and really get it, you can get a result. But, you know, in general, the talent will out, you know? Yeah. I, th- I thought that you know and in general and not even
0: just against a team of this caliber but um i think you know anytime we can we can get get that first goal it just relaxes everybody in general it seems like that 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 pressure tends to build so if you can get that goal early in the game um it definitely helps helps any team really settle in but it, the the quality that this team has in the sense that they don't ever feel like they're out of games that it's only really a matter of time Uh, it it is a nice, nice feeling to go into a second half, um, scoreless and just feel like, well, they're going to make the adjustments, they'll make the subs, whatever it is. It's something's, something's bound to, to happen. Um, but you do, I mean, the concern is in most of these games outside of the FA cup, you're, you're. Lacking a little bit off the bench uh, in this in this game, you have the the quality to come that are that's coming in with the Zhakas, um White, and uh, uh, a nice to see Emil Smith Rowe appearance. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was some quality to pull off the the bench in this game, but you uh, know it, it was really all down to, and um, Kedia for the second two goals. I Vieira definitely put it on a plate for him for that second goal and that, uh, he, he just, that comfort to, to dribble around the, the keeper, he, mm. he just made it look effortless. And I think that's what you would expect from a team against, uh, Oxford, but it, it is nice to see kedia really like rounding into form and, and looking like he's just way more, more comfortable than he was a few weeks ago.
1: Yeah, I think with Enkedia, what you're getting is a different kind of striker than I than I think the Arsenal fan is kind of used to or wanting. You're not getting a uh, Thierry Henry, you're not even getting a Jesus. What you're getting is a very functional, straightforward striker. I mean I rude nistelrooy esque. It's you know, box in the box is the wrong word. I I don't think Enkedia is a fox in the box, but uh-huh. it's just a he knows how to score those opportunities when given and like. I'm not a stats person, but it'd be interesting to see his conversion rate because it really does feel like when he's given a good opportunity, he's going to bury it. Right. He's not going to necessarily create his own opportunities, although he did without beautiful turn the other game. But uh, he is going to take opportunities, give it to given to him and bury him. And it's 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 really nice to see. You know, I mean, the caveats of it is Oxford, <laughs> which <laughs> right. is a different different story than other. Opposition, But it's great to see him getting his scoring boots on and there's nothing like goals to give a uh, uh, striker's confidence. And I, I was hugely impressed with his performance. The one caveat isn't necessarily about Enkedia and his performance. My one caveat is it's frightening to me that we have no real cover for Enkedia. <laughs> it's very he scary. He basically had to start this game because we don't have anybody else.
0: Yeah. Uh we haven't really had much discussion over the the transfer window, but I think anybody- especially it seems like they're they're targeting the um mudric and he he seems like somebody who could provide cover in that and maybe he's not a um one to one replacement for Jesus or uh, and Kedia, but he at least offers some different options a different a different look. And it would be nice to have anybody who can really play that position right now.
1: I mean, and, and that's the thing is Arsenal's in a weird position, which is that uh, it's almost like we don't need a permanent signing for striker. Because mm. if Jesus comes back, or when Jesus comes back, I shouldn't say if, when <laughs> Jesus comes back, he's going to obviously be the starter. Right. And you have Anketi, who's really shining in his uh his role right now. So you already have two, you know, strikers. It's just in this position where you need you almost are looking for a loan. It's just like it's something for six months or whatever it takes for Jesus to get back and uh, to get that final push. But I, I you know, you, you you can't just sign a striker expecting them to to take over the role unless you feel that they're an upgrade on jesus and Ngedia.
0: yeah and so i think it looks you know generally from the the players that have been linked to arsenal uh, in this window so far it seems like they're looking for wingers who can also play in the striker role or play it play more forward or centrally um Modric is is a left winger but can also play attacking midfield right winger and he's got the speed, so he could offer some cover and or allow somebody to shift to that more central role, but i I think it's any any more attacking firepower is what's needed right now, just to make sure that we have a little bit more coming off the bench a little bit more coverage if if anybody else gets injured. Um, just and any any uh, tools that we can add to the the uh, the the bench at this point would be a, a nice addition. Uh, hopefully they're able to do somebody in the, uh, the holding midfield role as well. But I think that's um, maybe something we can push to the next window if, if necessary.
1: I mean, the the nice thing is even when Jesus was healthy for us, it, he wasn't the one scoring the goals, especially after the first part of the season. And so the goals are coming from all over the field. So right. it's, it, it it is a nice comfort, but you just, I mean this team is so thin and you see it And like, you know, when Saka got injured during the game, like we all just took a gasp because we know that we're just one, two injuries away from falling away hard. Like there, Mm -hmm. there are some positions that we just do not have coverage and striker is one of them. If Kedia picks up an injury in the next week or so, I don't know what we do. We have to make an emergency signing. Like I, I, I just, I, you, we don't have anybody
0: yeah and the stri- i think even the striker position is pretty thin on the market so you'd have to go go chasing after somebody which can be um difficult when when a team knows that you're desperate so i don't yeah you definitely don't want to be in that position
1: yeah i mean that, that's what i've been seeing from the um just the market in general is that that striker it's you know like i've been i've been pounding the drum for a striker for a while And, but when you look at the market, I'm, I don't, I can't name anybody. Gakpo was probably the most fancied for a lot of people, but I, I wasn't in love with Gakpo. I thought he was uh, well overpriced for what he is. And you're just not, not seeing a lot out and available or anyone really tearing down trees that you think, oh, I can pick him up.
0: Yeah. Yeah. They'd have to really maybe go raid barcelona or something just to say hey we we'll take what you give us <laughs> you need to get <laughs> out rid of players we'll we'll take what you got um but yeah it's it's um i'm hopeful that they they're able to address that because i think in when you're looking at this sort of game like yes we have the the players to to rotate in for uh fa cup but you, when you start talking about continuing to push for premier league and and adding in uh a strong europa league run we're looking up pretty thin as far as that, that tier of player that we're going to need for um, p- finishing both of those strongly.
1: Yeah. Although I will put this out again, which is that the FA Cup isn't necessarily my highest priority. No.
0: I think everybody yeah. takes it seriously due, our, due to our history in it. But it, it, if, like I think I said last episode, if we can just uh, have a respectable run, I am not, I'm not that sold on winning the whole thing and just want to be in it as long as we can just to give, give some of these deeper uh, bench players some, some minutes just in case we have to call on them.
1: Yeah. And I mean, I think really where when you look at the draw our our next opponent, it is, is man city. Yeah. I don't, I don't think anyone would be surprised if we lost that game and I don't think it would be any shame or anything if uh, that happened. I'm, I mean, it should be a fun game. It'll be interesting. I, I'm kind of of the opinion now: the less we play against Man City, the better. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, it it is one of those things that, you know, sure we can beat Man City, but I I I wouldn't be heartbroken if we just lost that game, got out of it with no injury, and just kind of moved on with our lives.
0: Yeah, but I think there's something to be said for. The possibility of a confidence boost. I mean, you go up against the, uh, you go up against them in the FA Cup, get a good result, and then when you go to play them in the league a couple weeks later, you, you're you're feeling pretty comfortable.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think more than anything, I do want a good showing against City mm-hmm. because you know if we get thrashed against City in the FA Cup, I think that almost has the opposite effect of what you were talking about—that it makes them more scary when you play them in the league. Yeah. Whereas if we lose one nil, two one. We would uh, we could hold our head high and go like, well, there there was a chance there.
0: Yeah. Well, it is. Um, we, we've still got a couple big games before we even get to that fourth round of the episode. Is there
1: is there a big game coming up?
0: Yeah, maybe one or two. <laughs> yeah. Um. So this weekend, let's let's not get ahead of ourselves. It's, we gotta follow the the players' lead here, one game at a time. Um, yes it's it's one we can't overlook because it's it's tottenham at tottenham at whatever they call that place now
1: i i i literally don't know what they call it i i know it's tottenham stadium it looks like a toilet bowl but i don't literally, <laughs> like, i literally all we know about it.
0: it it's their
1: stadium and it looks like a toilet bowl it is so funny with tottenham news i generally just glance over it and if it's not Germain to anything i care about i just ignore it so like i know they have a stadium i know it's new i have no idea what it's called
0: well i'll tell you what it's called because it's it's so obvious it's just tottenham hotspur stadium
1: oh there you go i think i said that in
0: the <laughs> when i was talking about it <laughs> yeah i mean they they went for I, uh, believe me i'm not an, in like a big defender of the emirates big yes. sponsored uh stadiums is not necessarily better but that's not even you. you went from White Hart Lane to that. I would just mm-hmm. like that's pretty. It's pretty sad. People,
1: yeah, I don't know. Call it like Pochettino Stadium or something. I don't. <laughs> know, I, I don't even know who their heroes are. I don't know. I, yeah, yeah. It's
0: it's hard to get excited when you haven't had any big runs or trophies. <laughs> there's there's no heroes when you don't have any big wins. <laughs> that's a title. That's great. <laughs> um. So anyway, they, they are pretty, I, I was looking at the, uh, history of the North London Derby and I got, I got to bring up a a question that we had this week. Um, because of course I lost my show notes here, but, oh, here we go. So, uh, Tim Whittem asks, Mm -hmm. can, first off he asks, can we finally win? But secondly, he says, when was the last time we beat Spurs at uh, Scheidt-Heart
1: Lane or whatever they call their place now? Um, I'm glad you did the research because I meant to do the research when I saw this question Then I got distracted. So I'm glad you did the research on this.
0: It's pretty shameful. I I mean, if I am seeing everything correctly, the last time we won away is 2014.
1: And I think it was a Thomas Rzizki goal. Oh, Thomas Rzitzky. That's a, that's a, that's a fun little blast from the past. If I remember correctly, just, and again, please yell at me when I'm wrong, but this, this derby tends to be a very, the home team wins for the most part. Yes. Does that mean we should just get throwing the towel? No, of course not. (laughs) And to to answer Tim's first part of the question, I think that's an easy answer, which is yes, of course. I think this year more than in recent years, it is a, definitely a time that we can we can win. I'm going to take off my Tottenham hate everything about them and be a little bit more objective about Tottenham and say that they do have a team that is dangerous and can score and beat us. That's you know that is definitely within the realm of possibility. But I think the way this year is going, I think when you look at it stacked up, this is definitely an opportunity for Arsenal to win away.
0: Yeah. Um, and and it's, it's tough because you look at, uh, you, you can look at their, their record and, and see that they're, they're decent. Um, they're not in, invulnerable. They're still, I think 11 points behind us in the standings Mm -hmm. right now. Um, or in the table. They've, yeah, we're, I think we have a game in hand. So it's, it's, uh, I, I can't ever put too much weight into the, the, league form because they either team could step up and have an amazing game and it's it doesn't seem to matter what the uh previous games hold it's it is a different animal when you're you're playing in a rivalry match like this
1: yeah i mean like you know the old cliche i think holds true for this game more than any other game which is form is out the window when Mm -hmm. it comes to this game i i think of the games I've seen of Tottenham and I've seen a couple at the bar we uh, have a couple of Tottenham fans that come in so we'll play the game or two then really the pattern I see with Tottenham is that they will concede early and then come back and and tie or win that's kind of been their their MO I am outside of Tottenham not a huge Conte fan I don't like his style of soccer I find it very uh, very Italian if it's it's <laughs> if awful you know what I mean it's awful and uh it's it's kind of nice because although i think the home fans will be very behind their team there is a little bit of a rift between the fans and the team right now so it's not going to be an unconditional mm-hmm. support and i think if arsenal gets an early goal you're looking at a very interesting uh atmosphere i think uh i you know Kane is always dangerous, Son is always dangerous, but both of them haven't looked great after the World Cup. I think Kane is still I mean he scored a goal in the FA Cup, I know. Um uh, and he uh, is maybe going to come out of that funk, but I I do think that penalty kick is still sitting with him from the World Cup. And Son is still dealing with his injury, uh his what was it? A cheekbone injury. Oh yeah, know, nose when some some facial fracture. Yeah. And, you know, that last game, pretty uh, noticeably, he like threw off his mask halfway through the game because he said it was distracting. Like he couldn't have full peripheral vision. So he's still, still dealing with that. But there, there's still players that have scored against us, unfortunately, and will po- have a good pro- possibility of scoring against us again in the future. I think, you know, Tottenham's defensively solid ish, but I think there's, there's definitely a, you know, room for our 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 strikers, our, our attacking players, and our strikers. We have no strikers, our, our attacking band to to get at them. So I think it it should be an interesting game. But I'm 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 feeling positive about it.
0: Yeah, I don't feel like I mean, I think the odd, odds are obviously against us in terms of the the home field advantage is is not in our favor this time around. But, um it it does feel like something we can overcome it does feel like uh we are riding a little bit higher we're not as daunted by this um or shouldn't feel as daunted by this i i i think every every player is going to take this very seriously because they are um still making their mark they're still young and and setting their new new standards for this um this group of players and I, you you have some players that have been around and been through a few of these now. And um, I think they all understand what's at risk. And, and uh, also they know that despite it being Tottenham, they still have to put as many points on the board as they can because they, they are being hunted. You're at the top of the table. You cannot let off the gas, even if it's Tottenham, even if it's away, you're still going to go out there and try to get three points. And I think, um, this group seems to have the right mentality as far as, um, not, not getting too overwhelmed by things and just pushing on, uh, to the, the next game and the next. And this is just one in a in run of many. And it's like, you can't look ahead to man, U- uh, man, United the next weekend. You have to put all of your effort into this. And, uh, it, it, it's all about getting three points right now. And it doesn't matter where they're playing or who they're playing. And it, it, I feel like this team is. Mentally better than some other ones we've had in the past. When it comes to this this level of a game,
1: yeah, and I think you uh, you hit the nail on the head pretty uh, earlier when you ta- we were talking about the players that have been here before and know it. And I, this is where you have the advantage of having Sokka on the team, who grew up uh, in the academy, grew up an Arsenal fan, and knows how important this game is for us. You know, th- this game is going to make or break my week. Without mm-hmm. a doubt. And I think Sokka knows it. I think uh, you know, Emil Smith Rowe knows it. I think Enkedia knows it. These players that have been here know how important they like, even when they are playing in the U twenty one teams or the U sixteen teams, that these this game matters, this bragging rights matter. And you know, it's also players like Tierney who, you know, has played in the uh the uh, Edinburgh not Edinburgh, uh Glasgow Derbies. Mm-hmm know what these these games mean and there's going to be a little bit of a of him even uh Xhaka, who's now i'm he's played several of these games at this point and knows what it means to play play in and i think there's an advantage in that i think hopefully you can get that passion without getting over passionate because that's always the the danger and you know we see even with arteta that he can get a little uh the feisty at, at, at points and it's it's uh, trying to harness that passion, make it motivation without you know carrying it too far. Absolutely, I think we just have to um,
0: keep hope that the team keeps keeps cool. We have several players that are uh, teetering on yellow card suspensions, which is scary going into the the Man United game the mm-hmm. next weekend. So I it's. I don't see this being a clean game where there's not a bunch of yellow cards flying around. <laughs> so I'm, I'm I'm a little concerned about our depth after what could be a very uh, card-heavy game.
1: What's your over-under on uh, cards? I'm going to write it in the show notes so we can address it. <laughs> uh, for just Arsenal or both? Uh, both, like total cards. Total cards. Ooh, ooh, I'm going eight. you're going eight. I think I'm going 10. That's a lot. Yeah, I I mean, I think it's going to be feisty. I think uh, the way Tottenham plays, there's going to be a lot of heavy tackles. I Mm. think there's going to be a lot of passion. I think Tottenham is desperate right now as a team in the way that they are not having the season that I think they wanted to have. And as I said, there's a lot of turmoil. And then I think Arsenal at this point is desperate in another way, which is they're desperate to hold on to this title race. I think it, there's going to be a lot of passion. I think there's going to be a lot of heavy tackles. I'm I'm hoping the new Jaka is where we're at, not the old Jaka.
0: Yeah, for sure. That's the scary thing. You don't know which one... If that old Jaka is just suddenly going to rear his head in, in a high-pressure game.
1: Oh, because it th- was Jaka. it's always like, I think he's like, finally tuned it. He's found the right tuning where he can be do what he does. And I think it's actually beneficial to the team to have a player like that. Yeah. But when the crowds are cheering and when you know it's a game, as I said, he knows the importance of it. Does that tuning, like, just the needle poop a little bit too far?
0: Right. It only takes one bad ref decision to yeah. push put in one way or the other.
1: Do you know who's refing this game? I know uh, we're we're great podcasters in which we do a lot of research. And uh, I've
0: I've seen it. I I know that it's in my brain somewhere, but remembering in this moment is is a challenge. Yeah, I I feel like it's Craig Bosson, but I'm not sure. I wouldn't hate that. It's... I feel like that's who's jumping to mind, but I can't.
1: Craig Bosson, Yes. Okay. Cool. It's not okay, crazy. Yeah. So, I mean, I think, uh, I don't know a ton about Greg Boston, which is probably a good thing for referees, not on my uh, hate list of referees at this point. I mean, there's still time, but.
0: Is there, I feel like there needs to be a site uh, that collects, there, there has to be a record of matches of Arsenal for Craig Boston.
1: Look at you doing more research.
0: On the fly. On the fly. (laughs) Uh, He has refed 24 games for Arsenal. Uh, Given out 37 yellow cards
1: and two red cards. So less than two yellow cards a game. Uh Uh-huh. And how many red cards? Uh, Two. No, that's not a bad bad rate
0: actually both of them in away games so oh, oh
1: <laughs> <times>. <laughs> well we'll see but i mean that's not a not not a bad raid. it doesn't seem like he's a card heavy oh which
0: means... it was the game with the wolves uh, and yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: la- two years ago february yeah. of 2021 uh, uh, who did he send off in that game i'm trying to remember Uh <laughs> uh Dava Louise yeah. in the 45th minute. That was, that was the one.
1: And oh, that's the that one that really... clipped him in the heel. Oh, that really, I hated that call, but that wasn't his fault. That was VAR's fault. Right. Right. He, he, if I'm remembering correctly, he, he let, he didn't call the red card. It was his VR that gave Louise the red card. I think that's right. But then burn, burn Leno. I don't remember. I don't, that. Why don't I remember that part? Was that like handling outside the box? Maybe, God, I I think that because that that is the uh, game I always cite for like shittiness of VAR. <laughs> like I I know that a uh, Louise red card very well. Hmm. But anyways, so yeah, an auspicious game that's a but... blip.
0: That's that's his two red cards against us in one game. Yeah. Anyway, so. well, I it's it is really up to the team, and I think they are better as far as handling this this level of game and if not this is the type of thing that they need to get through and learn how to actually uh not bow to that pressure and the only Mm -hmm. way you can learn how how to do it is to just keep having these games and it is kind of in terms of a uh a learning curve to have this game back to back with man united who is one of the only teams they've lost to this season so they have this Kind of retribution game on the horizon. I, I'm sure, no matter how much they say to the press that they're only thinking about the next game, I think a lot of the players have to be looking at this next couple of weeks as like a big turn, uh, a big test for this team and where they're at.
1: I do also wonder if it's going to influence substitutions with Arteta, that if he uh, is seeing, you know, players kind of losing their head and doesn't want to get them the yellow and the suspension, like you're, mm. you're kind of mentally playing for two games. I mean it brings an interesting question to to you which game would you prioritize if you had to make a, a choice which one would you rather win um I th- mm. I, mean, I know it's not a zero sum game there's a very strong possibility you could win both of them but
0: in terms of the the table I think continuing to keep the distance between us and and united would be more ideal but i think you got to try to get between the two games i feel like they need to try to get four
1: points yeah i mean i, I agreed i think a, a loss in either of these games really starts to put the pressure and i think with the tottenham game i think it's a more statement momentum game mm. you know i mm-hmm. think that uh if you lose that tottenham game you lose a little bit of the momentum you lose a little bit of that uh the shine on being top of the league now for what three months. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think I, I, I really,
0: I mean, you got to give it to the rivalry match, but if I, if I stripped that piece away and I, I was looking at, um, any two big games, but really the United one to, to me has such a, a more, it, it is more of a statement to say the first game was a, a, a mistake, a blip, uh, a, a yeah. something that was, uh, the exception and not the rule because this team is, I think, better than what that game showed,
1: mm-hmm. and that game was evenly contested and was just mm-hmm. a game of, like I, I remember. My my feelings from it weren't too horribly disappointed when we lost that game. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it is. I think four points is 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 very much in need out of this game. Uh. To be fun, funny enough, I think the Tottenham game might be the easier of the two games.
0: Hmm, I I kind of feel like it's the one we're most more likely to tie.
1: Ooh, interesting.
0: I I wanna I I, I want to say we're gonna go away and and get and get a a big win, but it, 2014 was a while ago. And I feel like the the more likely scenario away from home against a big team is, is probably the, the draw.
1: Do you got a score prediction? Um, I'm
0: just going to say 1-1. One, one. It's going to be Kane and Enkedia. Ooh.
1: 1-1. One, one. I'm just marking in the show notes. Kane and Kedia. I'm not going to give you goal scorers, but I'm kind of going the different way. I think it's going to be a... 3-2 Arsenal win. Ooh. I want to watch that game. I think Arsenal scores three goals and then Tottenham is going to come back and Kane's going to score the second goal. I do think Kane's going to score. Mm-hmm. Kane scores a second goal in the 80th minute, and we all have minor heart attacks. <laughs> Gosh, I'm I'm excited for this game to even talking about
0: yeah. it. Yeah. Um and it's nice to feel like we're in the we're really in the driver's seat, even though we are going away from home. I feel like it's our our game to lose, um, mm-hmm. but it is just really important that they don't lose momentum. I mean, coming off of a a, a draw at Newcastle, I feel like this is um, an opportunity for them. If they, I, I I hope that they don't get a draw, but I think they they really need to to build some momentum going into United if they and and. And City on the other side of that. So I mean they've got yeah, they've got some things that they need to kind of keep the train moving and uh, wins patch over a lot of the the cracks that may be showing as far as our depth and, and um the, the yellow card accumulation and some things that could could really um seem pretty uh scary if we were to lose against Tottenham. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that that puts a uh a, a target on them when it comes to the, the next couple of games. So they, they have to get some sort of result to really keep yeah. things moving in the right direction. Um, okay. We've got a couple more questions. Did we... Yes, yeah, so I think we addressed that one. Um, let's get to Joe's question here. Uh, do you think the Spurs will set up in the same negative way they did at the Emirates, or do you think they'll try something more expansive at home? Which Which would you prefer from an Arsenal perspective?
1: Uh, the first part of the question, I think, is pretty easy for me. I think they will be... Uh, I think uh, Spurs will be trying to go into a more defensive setup. I think that's kind of Conte's way. I think that's where they're going. I think, uh, you know, what would I prefer? I think if it would, it's more likely to be that 3-2 prediction if it's a... Uh, a uh, more offensive setting that they go with, you know?
0: Yeah, I do think they are opening themselves up for uh, some pain <laughs> if, they, yeah. if they try to be too offensive. I just don't think they have the, the speed or the uh, j- just the, the ball control to really get, keep, keep it in our half to, to force Arsenal back for the majority of the game. I think even with the home field advantage, that would be challenging.
1: Yeah, like, um, I do think we s- match up pretty well with them if it's just like a straight, you know, fight, uh, an offensive fight. You know, mm-hmm. I think Kane, like, if it becomes can- counter attacking the Kane, Son, and with a midfield, uh, fight would be interesting. But, you know, you have if there's space, uh, Martinelli, it's just going to rip them apart i think i think you know you have odegaard being able to find those spaces and and do the things that way so yeah i i think i'd prefer it to be a more offensive game although i do worry about our our striking potential that way too i don't know if Enkedia can you know match the the dynamism of a a kane or a, a son but if you get the defensive, I if they go defensive, I see your one-one prediction. I see it very much like the uh, the Newcastle game, you know. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I could definitely see it being a tense game in that way. Just uh, it's going to be could be pretty close throughout the yeah. whole thing. Um, uh, yeah, I think we answered that. Um, what does? Oh, this is from uh, Jonathan King when he asked uh what does Enkedia need to do to win <laughs> over Tim
1: well i th- i think i said it last uh episode which is my new year's resolution is to be nicer to Enkedia and i have been as i've been watching the game being trying to be very much more open and accepting and and nicer i think Enkedia has been showing that he can be putting those goals in i think you saw his performances after the World Cup break and getting those goals, Oxford United getting goals, even though it is Oxford United, you still have to get those goals. So you can't complain. I think, you know, him continuing to do what he is doing now. I'm, I'm definitely not in the anti-Enketiah bandwagon as much anymore. I think I, I mean, like, to be honest, I just, it's not that I've ever hated the guy and I, I really want him to do well. It's more that I just uh, don't see a ton of, potential with him. I think we what you see is what you get. What we're seeing right now is what you get with Enkedia. But, you know, him continuing to score. I mean him scoring the winner in the North London Derby is gonna help him a long way to getting onto my really good list.
0: Yeah, I think he needs he needs to really etch his name in this in this uh Derby match. I think this is a great opportunity for him to solidify his place in, in Arsenal history.
1: Yeah. I mean as I said, just keep on doing what he's doing. Score goals, <laughs> score yep. goals. Do what he does. Don't uh, don't get hurt. Score don't goals. get hurt. Yeah. And and he is just quietly doing a job, which I I'm I'm really appreciating of it. It's you know it's he has had one very sexy goal, but the rest of them are just goals that you score. And if you keep on banging them in, I'm I can't have anything to complain about. I have not complained about him in the uh, since the World Cup break. Cause yeah. he's just been quietly doing his job or not even quietly. He's just been doing his job and it's in some ways, uh, more prolific than, uh, uh, Jesus or Jesus. Gosh, sorry. Jonathan. It's been a while. It's been a while. I <laughs> uh, more, uh, more than Jesus. And I think he hasn't been as uh profligate again, uh, in front of goal. I think he's, when he's gotten the chances for the most part, he's been buried. I mean, I don't have, there's been a couple misses that he's had, but not anything crazy. Yeah. He's not, he's not.
0: Throwing everything at the the wall to see what sticks. I think he's being a little more selective and a little more patient, and that's that just comes with getting goals. I mean, it, it, the pressure is uh, a lot less when you're you're scoring regularly, and he's he's built up of enough goodwill. I think even uh, he he can feel like the pressure's off for for a game or two, and and hopefully go into these uh, big matches with uh, confidence that he seems to have built up over the last two three games. I mean I think um the chemistry that he is showing with the players around him too really helps like he's timing his runs really well he's kind of pointing to the space where he wants the ball I think that first goal with uh Vieira's pass he just kind of found, found the space and even the second the second goal he scored it was really just timing that run right and and letting letting the players around him set him up and I think he is um at his best when he's charging at goal when he's able to get get a good run of um uh run into space and and also when he's able to get be up close to goal and kind of have those uh poacher goal moments so when he's getting the right service when he's getting the right opportunities he looks dangerous every time and i i don't um I, i don't foresee that going backwards it's really just a matter of continuing to provide that service and i think players like like Odegaard and Vieira can certainly be uh, in, in on that sort of uh, easy-looking passes that that just put him into the perfect uh, scenario for, for easy tap-in goals. Or I wouldn't say what he was doing was easy. I mean, he just makes it look easy when he's yeah. dribbling around the keeper. I think that he, he, you kind of show what to, the level of the team you're playing against is, but um, you, you don't – a player that's not – in, in the groove would panic in that moment and, and mm. maybe try to shoot too soon or make something happen too early. And he just is calm and collected. And that's exactly the mindset you want your, your striker to be in. And I think in some ways he's a
1: perfect striker for having, uh, the other players around, especially old Odegaard. I think he complements Odegaard's skill sets very well. That is mm. a player that Odegaard can know that if he puts a ball in that, like, particular space, Enkedi is going to be there and make a dangerous play where like, you know, with Jesus, you get a different type of striker. Jesus makes a lot of his own opportunities. He's the one that's dribbling through the box and beating players. Whereas Enkedia is much more of that positional being in the right place at the right time type of striker. Mm -hmm. And I think that complements Odegaard's skill sets and Martinelli's to to a certain extent. Yeah, definitely. Like he, he, is exciting.
0: I mean, you when he has the ball at his feet in the uh in the box, you think things can happen. So I I feel mm-hmm. like he's definitely turned a corner in that sense or he's actually just looking more and more dangerous every week. Uh but does has he has he really won you over or are you just is it all all about
1: the resolution for you? <laughs> uh he's winning me over. He's as I said, he's doing his job. My I was just skeptical of okay. him coming in. Very specifically from you know previous seasons where he has had these skill sets, we you saw the flashes of brilliance last year, you know the um, the Chelsea game, right, and that sort of thing. But like it was the consistency I was worried about, Mm -hmm. and currently he's he's definitely showing that consistency, right? And you know to you know repeat what I said in answer to Jonathan's question, keep on doing he's doing, and I will. Buy his jersey at the end of the season. <laughs> <You> know, <like. laughs> yeah, I, I'm. I'm pretty, pretty sure he's
0: he's going to continue on this streak, and I, I'm. I'm looking forward to seeing what else he can do. Yeah. All right. Uh, what else do we have? I think that's all for our questions. Uh, if you want to be like these guys and and send in questions to us, there's a few ways you can do that. Uh, one of them is our Discord, which is where all these questions came from. If you want to join us on there, it's uh, going to be the link in the show notes. You can uh, join us for game days, for non-game days. We're taking questions all the time and and chatting about all all the different soccer games that are out there. And uh, if you want to just send in a question in one of the other ways, uh, there's the Twitter, which is at W of N London. We have our email, which is westofnorthlondon at gmail.com voicemails can go to anchor.fm slash west of north london slash message and if you liked what you've heard please go subscribe and review wherever you're listening to us right now we'd really appreciate that and I also want to thank Bobcat for their contribution of our theme song go check out their album no course to follow at the, the website which is bobc.at uh, so go check out Bobcat uh, I think that's all for this week. Hopefully, we're we're back with you, uh, with a big grin on our face from a, a big win. But uh, not. But let's
1: we'll save that for next week. I mean, I hope you're all on that Discord channel because I'm going to be nervously chatting the whole time during the game. So yeah, I need the catharsis of other people that are going through the same
0: thing. So yes, uh, everybody get on there so we can all share in the joy or the misery or everything in between. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, So I think that that is all.
1: So as always, see you at the next gun show.